everybody that works underneath you is always watching you, right? All right. And it's, it's not one of those things of do, do what I say, not what I do. It, it, with parenting, it's very much so they're going to do what they see you do. Right. So, you know, if they're going to see that you're active, you know, with, you know, PTA organizations and and supporting the community and stuff like that, they see that they see that, you know, and to your point, we're talking about business perks. That's another thing that's 100 percent that they see. Right. But it's it's the way we approach those types of things. Those are the examples that have to be set. And I think that's kind of something that we always have to keep in mind. They are always watching. Welcome to the Business of Parenting podcast. Tune in as we discuss the principles of successful parenting as a business professional. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on another episode of BOP, Business of Parenting Podcast, where I get to talk about anything and everything I want to talk about when it comes to parenting. Why? Because I'm not an expert, so you can't hold me accountable for anything. No, I'm just kidding. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Today, I, I, have, I have an amazing guest with me. I'm a good friend with me. I have Squire Pettis with me. Squire, what's going on, man? How you doing? Man, I am great. Thanks for having me on here. And um, I will agree to the disclaimer that, you know, I don't know it all. So we're going to just <laughs> learn this as we go. And we'll probably have a bunch of bad ideas and maybe a few good ones and we'll make it work. It, you know what, though? I, don't you think, like, when I think of business of parenting. And a lot of people go like, what do you mean the business of parenting? Like, I understand that I might take a slightly different approach to parenting than maybe the social norm. But for me and my brain, that's just kind of how I had to process. I had to approach parenting as a business so that I could actually understand the amount of time, effort, development, coaching, training, and everything that was required, you know, to develop out these little products I call kids. And now I'm going to get in trouble for saying that one too. But you know, I got, I only got so many years to, to develop these products out and then I got to put them in the market. <laughs> the market's going to determine if they're a dick or not. So, I mean, I, I, I have to treat it like a business and that's, and that's, and I think there are many others out there that do see this kind of as a business because just the amount of time and everything gets allocated to it. It, it really is a business. So, you know, that's why we call it the business of parenting podcast. Um, let's, let's start off our podcast today with a little background story. Eh? Cause I'm always fascinated myself, right? Tell us a little bit about how your family structured your kids and you know what you currently do for work. So, um, I have, uh, four children. Um, well, I guess you can't call them children now they are <laughs> all teenagers or up, but, um, the oldest will be 21 in July. I uh, had one that just turned 19 in May, um, one that turned 17 in January, and one that will actually be 15 this coming November. She's 14 now. So I have all teenagers and up. I've uh, been in the automotive business 12-plus uh, years, so been with them for a good period of time, obviously in the automotive business. But before that, you know, I was – just doing odd jobs here and there. Um, I'm currently a after sales market manager uh, for Genesis Motor America. So I work on the OEM side, not on the retailer uh, business side of things as far as when it comes to the car business. Um, I have worked in dealerships before, but you know now I'm strictly working from an OEM perspective. Um, married now, and you know the the most thing that I'm looking to do is with the younger two, the 17 to 14 year old, trying to do my best to mold them to be the best products as we discussed that they could be. The older two are in college. So, you know, they're, as we call it, living their best life and mm -hmm. doing everything that they possibly can do. So that you know, is me. I, I think it's cool that you kind of have that 
a little bit of that age group because it's such a significant kind of transition, right? You, you know, you go from kind of training and developing, you know, younger children to then as they become, you know, young adults and go into the real world, you know, we have to now be kind of become a coach where it's like, okay, I, I did what I can do as far as training. I, I showed you, I developed you the best way. Now I hopefully I can just kind of coach you through some of these things, but I can't tell you necessarily what to do. Um, <laughs> man, I, I look where you are. I like, I got, I got my three, right? They're 11, eight and seven. And okay. I just like, look where you are. I know I'm heading that direction and I'm trying to get as much of that kind of training and development <laughs> in as I can. Cause I know there's going to become a day, you know, where it's just, that's it. All I can do is just kind of coach from there. So, uh, man, it's, it's cool. Very, very cool. Four kids. Wow. <laughs> that's got to be a houseful. I thought we were crazy when we had three. So <laughs> four is absolutely awesome. Let's kick off. We have some topics. We have some cool topics, right? And I love the topics you chose, by the way, Squire. I think there's going to be some seriously fun topics. And I love the fact that you brought up the topic of homework, right? Because, you know, my kids are right at that age where homework's become a bigger thing. Your kids have now gone through that and still are right. kind of in that stage of, you know, it's like, so the question is, do you do homework with them? And if so, how do you kind of approach that? Everyone's got a different approach. And I'd love to kind of get your thoughts. Um, so I think, you know, when the children are, you know, full, full teenagers to the point of, you know, your 14s and up, the, you know, you don't do homework with them anymore, but mm -hmm. you know, at the younger ages, I would say yes. And it, it would be twofold for me. Um, thing number one, so that you can, I would say, brush up on some of the skills that you may have forgotten. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there, there are some, there are some math topics or maybe some history topics or some, you know, government topics that come up in some of the, the children's schooling that you may like to go back and look at, you know, whether it's, um, American history, or in your case, Canadian history, or, you know, with, you know, my children, African American history, or, mm -hmm. you know, heritage history, or whatever it is, just to go back and learn some of those concepts. And, you know, also, it shows both the child, and going into what we call the business of parenting, it shows the schools that you're looking to be involved. Now, yes, sometimes it could backfire, because your child could go back to school and you know say hey dad help me with homework and they get all these red marks and you did it wrong i've had that happen before <laughs> so you know that means i've got that conversation with the teachers like hey i did it the way i thought we used to do it and maybe that's not the same way as it is before and sometimes you do it and it is right and i have had scenarios where both i did it with the child and it's wrong and i've had scenarios where i did it with the child and then the child's turned it in and I got a conversation from the teacher saying, well, you know, maybe we didn't want you to help them as much. We wanted the child to actually do it on their own to see what levels of, you know, academic excellence or That's academic such a good struggles point. that they have. Right? So I've had it both ways, yeah. right? I did it and it's all been wrong. And I've did it and I've had the teacher say, okay, this is too good. This is, <laughs> this is too work. good. Not, Some, something doesn't right. make sense here. Like something's exactly. going on. It doesn't exactly. add exactly. up. But you know what, though? I love the fact that you kind of bring that up because I... I remember when I was going to school and it's specifically in high school, right? Um, you know, it was so insanely important to get good grades. Like you had to get good grades to get into a good college or a good university, right? You had to get those good grades. And I got to be honest with you. I mean, there were times that, you know, 
that I would see parents I mean, practically do a kid's homework <laughs> for them, right? Um, just do that. And, but you know what thing is funny? It's just like, I, I, I think... I, I look at kind of this last generation, you know, kind of when I was growing up, right? There was a lot of fear of letting kids make mistakes on their own, right? Like, it's like right. there was so much preparation of like, you had to get into a good school, getting into a good school meant you're going to get a good job, a good job meant you're going to move out of the house. Like, everything was pre-racked on, on this. And there was so much emphasis on having to do really, really well that I, I definitely know of many parents out there that jumped in, you know, and tried to help them out. And I, and I feel like, I don't know, maybe there's been a fundamental shift. Maybe there hasn't. Maybe it's just in my head. But, you know, I personally, I personally would rather help in the sense of making sure that it's completed. But I want my kids to fail. Does that sound bad? I guess it does. No, it doesn't. I'm going to accept it. There we go. <laughs> I'm going to work this thing out. I want my kids to fail. I want them to fail because I find that they're going to find a faster way on their own to succeed, you know, but do you feel like homework though? All right. Because there's such a big portion of the grade that's, that's given out there based on the homework. Do, do you feel like homework hinders our ability as parents to let our kids fail? Um, hmm. That's a very, it's a very interesting question. Um, and I guess there's a difference between there's different there's a difference between the concept of doing the homework for the child yes and doing the homework with the child ah there we go I like so, that so a so interesting enough you know I've, I've I've obviously seen your work and seen the people that you talk to so in the automotive business we have these conversations with you know sales managers and service managers and sales consultants and sales advisors and we say. You want to coach the individual through the sale. You want to coach the individual to be able to do well, but mm -hmm. you technically can't sell the product for them. Mm -hmm. So when you're working on the homework or you're working on the assignment with your child, there's a difference in doing it for your child. So when you're working on the assignment with the child, there is a question and answer period where you go through with your coachee or your trainee and you say, Hey, Here's the problem. What did you think we should do? Show me how you solve this. And if they solve it correctly, you say, okay, that's great. And then let's move on. But let's say if they didn't solve it correctly, you go back and you ask them, are you sure this is the correct answer? Did you follow the necessary steps? That's doing the homework with the child. I like that. As opposed to doing the homework for the child, meaning, okay, your child's got a spreadsheet of math problems and you've got your calculator behind them and you're punching in the numbers as they do the work and you're giving them the answers. Yeah. That that's definitely a scenario where you're just saying, okay, I'm going to help you get this a, because it looks good on our resume, meaning your resume as a child and me as a parent. But if you help the child with the homework, meaning what is the thought process as to going into doing whatever it is? Yes then you're teaching the child how to learn. And that's a fine line that sometimes you have to discuss in going back to your concept of being in a business, right? I mean, are we in business to learn how to help the client and be better at gain market share? Or are we just in business to make money? Well, yeah, 100%. If we're just to make business. money, then 
then I'll do whatever is necessary to make sure that the bottom line number is whatever we want it to be. And that, and that's but, a, and that's a great point, right? Because am I in the business of just getting these kids out the door? So therefore, I need to just check off the proverbial boxes so that they're yep. successful. Or am I in the business of actually developing out this person as an individual, right? Um, like the like as as business owners and, and also as just parents, there's a lot of expectations on us. But you're 100 percent right. There's a it, there's a fine fine line there of, you know, assisting our kids in the completion of their homework versus them actually just doing it. And look, I'll be honest, I'm the first one. Like, this is not a great place for me. I, I'm sitting there watching them struggle to do, you know, what what's five times 12. And I'm like, just write this number down, you know, or, or, or I'm yeah. reading with them and I'm like, and sound out this word. I'm like, it's, it's B. Um, like, <laughs> But, but but it is it's difficult and it, but it's a mindset they have to kind of stay into, um, you know. But speaking of expectations, I think this is a good segue kind of into our next topic: is expectations not only just around homework, but expectations around you know after school activities. Like it never ends, right? You know, it's like activities like like how many baseball games you know do we can we go to or do we need to go to? I mean, look, we we're both in the automotive industry, which is an industry that is bell to bell, suck it up, buttercup, get the yeah. job done. Whatever time is required to get it done, you have to do it. And it's like, how do you balance out, you know, what the business requires versus the the parenting business requires and maintaining those activities? I'd love to kind of get your thoughts on that. So one of the things that, you know, I learned through trial and error is, you know, when, when the children get involved in an activity, baseball, basketball, soccer, um, band, um, you know, gymnastics, golf, bowling, and even if they're in ac ac academic clubs or let's say debate clubs, right? Um, your children should see you as being a cheerleader. And 100%. if your children don't see you as being their cheerleader, they're going to find other people and other outlets, of course, to do that cheering for them. And yes, there's a bias. And, you know, my boys and girls have known that there is a bias and I don't have a problem with saying that, um, that, you know, I, I'm going to go to the games and I'm going to cheer you on like you're Michael Jordan or Megan Rapino or, you know, the best Formula One driver in the world because I'm your dad. That's my job. That's yes. my goal. I tell them that's what I'm paid to do. So you're going to hear me cheering for you and you're going to hear me clapping for you. And I said, yeah, I'm going to embarrass you because that's my job. So under, once we get that understanding through, that's fine. But they do enjoy it. Of course. And, you know, as, cor as, as corny as it may be, yes, it is embarrassing, but that there's a respect factor for knowing that you are there. And if your child is the starting center on the basketball team, you know, or the goalie in the soccer or hockey game or the first forward or whatever it is, they need to know that you are going to be in their corner for those activities um, first and foremost, because it's important to them. Second of all, in my opinion, I think there's an investment involved, both as the child for the practices and the commentaries and the games, and 
let's you know go back to the business end of it. You've got to pay for equipment and shoes. Yes, and sticks well, it's and it's, balls it's an and, investment. Right. You're 100 right. It's not only investment just in time, and also investment, of course, in money. But I mean, it, it yep. it's it's where the biggest portion of I think a child development happens is 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 at those activities. You know, I. I've, I always struggled with this, right? You know, but I've always been very open with my kids about, you know, as far as just what does my day-to-day look like and, and how busy right. is it get? So, you know, you know, I, I, I've heard my kids say this a couple of times and I'm not proud about it, but like, it's okay, dad, I understand. Like, mm-hmm. no, actually you don't. You're programmed to say that, all right, because you want my approval, which is completely understandable. I think most kids want their, their parents' approval, you know, but it's 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 not acceptable. I do need to, you know, well, I was talking this about this the other day is, you know, my, my kids from a business perspective need to be my number one client. And if my number one client, all right, that represented the largest portion of my revenue, all right, yep. said that, you know, I needed to be in a meeting, you know, for this time, this day and this time. Well, sure, shit, I'd, I'd go. hundred percent I yep. would be there. You need to be in a meeting. Kids' activities are the exact same way. If it's baseball, if it's dance recitals, whatever it is, it is the same thing. They may tell you that it's okay, but in reality, at that age, at that certain age, where development, like they need to know that we got them. We're in their corner. We are cheering them on. You said the cheerleader, right? Like how yeah. important it is from a development perspective that our kids have a solid cheerleader. And we, we see this in business as well, right? We think of like young salespeople that are just getting into the business, all right? I, I see this all the time, all right? If they have a cheerleader, if their manager is really being a cheerleader, they say, oh man, you can do this. I know you can do this. You got this, right? You know, like they usually are way more successful, all right? Correct. Than if a salesperson just popped onto a showroom floor and says, there's the keys, there's the brochures, good luck. Go get them. Right? Yeah. I'm curious, like, do you think, you know, from a, I guess kind of a, a, you know what, for yourself, let me just ask that, I'll ask that. For yourself, all right, you know, have you ever struggled, you know, to kind of maintain that client as your, your, or your kids being that number one client? Oh, absolutely, you know. that's why I make the comment of, you know, saying trial and error. So, mm-hmm. you know, there, there was a period of times where I was in those business meetings. I was on those conference calls. I was on, you know, I'm dating myself, the Blackberries. Um, and <laughs> you should one. have been paying attention to the kids' activities. And, you know, you, 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 you have some struggles, you know, just as a parent slash, you know, business owners, or CEO of the family, as you like to call it. And, you know, you, you lose some market share, you lose some revenue, you make the decision to say, okay. And this goes back to going back to the business of parenting and running a family. Am I doing this to make money or am I doing this to put a good footprint in the industry? So, you know, this goes back to CEOs of businesses or in the automotive business and it happens, right? I mean, yes. are we going to do something in our workshop? Let's say, is it is it unsafe and it makes us some extra money? Or is it unethical in the sales floor, but it makes us extra gross? Um, or, you know, are we going to take money away from, let's say, training and development because it makes us more money on the bottom line? And those are the trial and errors of being involved in the business. And, you know, I eventually had to make a shift. And, you know, this goes back to my comment about embarrassing the kids. You know, I, I would go to the events and, you know, I mean, the, 
some of the other parents would know who I am and I'd introduce myself. But I mean, yeah, I would be the one yelling and screaming for my kid. And sometimes they would say, dad, you're being a little bit too loud. And I said, that's my job. If you hear me, that <laughs> means that job. I'm doing my job. But I, you know, it's funny. Yeah, so. I love the fact, like, it's being a cheerleader and, you know, it's quite, I, uh, I'll be the first one to admit, I am not good at this. I, I, I have not been, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I, I, I have not created a routine around not bringing my phone to an activity. Like I, it's like, I, okay. I hate to say this, but there was definitely times, you know, that I would show up to a hockey game and it's like, I, it's just like my presence there should be enough. And I just need to check out the proverbial box that I went there, but I would spend, you know, 60% of my time, you know, on my phone, you know, answering, responding to text messages or emails and so on and so forth. I think it's one thing to show up to an activity and you, you mentioned this and I just wanted to highlight this is that it's not it's not just enough to show up to the activity you got to be you got to be in, intentful you got to be a part of that activity and uh i love the fact you're bringing this up man because this is definitely not a place that i've been overly great with now, so one of the things that um and interesting enough you know my wife and i were just you know discussing it before i came on the podcast and you know one of the things that you know she is let me know. And I asked her opinion because obviously she's looking at it from the outside in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I will tell you this, you know, which is a struggle for me. And, you know, one of the things that, that, that she discusses is to have a cutoff time. And, and I know I'm not great at that at all. Oh, I know. So, you know, one of the things about having a cutoff time is whatever time that it is, you know, you need to put the phone or the peripherals away. And I understand that there's some days that you can do it. There's some days you might not be able to, but having that cutoff time, um, you know, and she's mentioned this to me and I have to make that part of, you know, my routine more is to say, okay, specifically now, because, you know, we get the benefits sometimes of working from these home computers and not going to an office is that when you're home, you're home. Now, if you work from home, technically you're home all the time, but is exactly. home really home? So that is something that, that I think that, you know, we can all get better at specifically when we have this access to information, super highway, where you're only a click away from getting something or doing something. And there's an app for this and there's a process for this and you can do this here and you can do that there. So, you know, comparing it to let's say 20 or so years ago where you had to physically go someplace no, you're right, man. to do you're the right. work. Whereas now, as long as you. you know, as, as the interwebs are available, you can still work. Um, having a cutoff time is something that I think you know we all can get better at, you know, as, as leaders of our families and in, in, in trying to become better. Yeah, look, it's all about being an intentional, right? You know, you you mentioned something as well. You're kind of talking, right? And I was listening, and you know, one of the other topics we wanted to talk today was about the the cool dad, right? And yep. <laughs> I'm just thinking to myself, you know, like. Um, you know, this was something that, you know, I think my parents were good at. They would come to my activities. Not only would, would they participate in the activities, but, you know, they're the ones that would bring the cooler of Gatorade. And, you know, they would be the ones that brought all of the orange slices. And, you know, they would be the ones that brought the, you know, the, 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 the hey, you guys won. And here's a stick on tattoo to say you're a winner. Like they just, but they became known as these, as the cool parents. And, and I'm thinking like, gosh, man, not only do I have to show up to these activities, I got to help develop them, but I also now need to be the cool person. And maybe you see this even more so in maybe like PTA meetings and stuff like that and having to be part of memberships and multiple things that your kids are in. But it's like, how do you, 
how do you find the balance, all right, between being, you know, maintaining that business of parenting, but still wanting to be the cool parent? I, this is this is the rabbit hole I want to go down, but I'd love to kind of get your thoughts on this. How do we maintain that balance? So in the automotive business, sometimes you can be the cool dad because you've always got the new cars. And sometimes that's, that's one of the things that, you know, you, you have the benefit of being into or, you know, as we discussed earlier, the perks of business ownership, right? So, you know, if, if, if you're that parent that, you know, always has, if you're the GM of a dealership, whether it's new car, used car, whatever it is, you always get the pick of the litter. You can always drive the nicest, coolest product. Sometimes the children will say, okay, you know, you're the cool dad. And sometimes their friends will say that, you know, you're, you're the cool dad because you have things that maybe they're not able to grasp at their level. Right. So sometimes that's, that's part of you being the cool dad. Sometimes it's part of you having the ability to, go on field trips or let's say, you know, as a business owner, um, if you're a local business owner and you, you know, got access to, you know, let's say you've donated money to the shopping mall and the shopping mall always says, okay, we're going to open up the mall early for you and the kids to come in there. Little bitty stuff like that. Or let's say you donate to a local restaurant and you're always able to eat at a discount price or, you know, like we talked about hotel points. Those are things that are going to make you the cool dad because of the perks or ownership. That's true. But I think also it goes into, let's say also letting the children know that that's not all of who you are. Yes. That's a benefit of, you know, owning and working at a car dealership, you know, when the new suburban comes out or let's say the new Corvette or the Hellcat or whatever it is, or, you know, and, and, and when I was, you know, working for one OEM, you know, got the opportunity to drive the Jeep where you can take the doors and the, and the roof off, things of that nature, right? So those things are part of the cool things that you get to have that the children can get the opportunity to see. The memberships in your PTAs and your men's clubs mm -hmm. or your parent organizations, a lot of that is to show the other businesses that are helping develop the children, whether it's the schools or it's some of the sports teams or the sports organizations that you value the time that they put into your children as well. Because also, you know, as, as we've said, it, it takes a village to raise a child. So, you know, your teacher is doing one thing and your coach is doing another thing. And let's say your gym instructor is doing another thing. And then you have a dance instructor that's doing another thing, or maybe it's martial arts or something like that. So not only are you, you know, paying money because that's what these things cost to get your children involved mm -hmm. in these activities, mm -hmm. but there's also a value in showing these other businesses, how I use the term collaborative, you can be with more than just your time. You know, are you volunteering at maybe a church? Are you volunteering at doing things of that nature? You know, my, my, my children will hate me for saying this, but there were times where we went to the public library. You know, this was obviously before COVID when they were younger. We would go to the library and the library had free internet. We would do homework and I would have my computer. We would do things at the library just to show what resources are available. And, you know, one of the, one of the children said, okay, you know, they want to look at books about military. And then one of the other children, they said, okay, you know, every time we go there, they got an anime book because that's what she was into. But you learn to find out what other things that the kids are involved in by collaborating with other businesses, because at the end of the day, 
not every child is going to take or grasp the full intent of the automotive business that we're in. They may say, no, okay, that's what you're well, doing. It, it all I comes, do it. It's all about examples, right? We talk about this in business all the time. It's just, you know, everybody that works underneath you is always watching you, right? All right. And it's, it's not one of those things of do, do what I say, not what I do it, it with parenting. It's very much so they're going to do what they see you do. Oh, right. Yeah. So, you know, if they're going to see that you're active, you know, with, you know, PTA organizations and, and supporting the community and stuff like that, they see that they see that, you know, and to your point, we're talking about business perks. <laughs> that's another thing that's a hundred percent that they see. Right. But it's, it's the way we approach those types of things. Those are the examples that have to be set. And I think that's kind of something that we always have to keep in mind. They are always watching always bloody watching i swear they had like we always talk about you know your parents always said hey i got eyes behind my head <laughs> i swear my kids have yeah. eyes behind their heads right because they they, they see it all they see look you're 100 right like i love the fact you brought up the you know the restaurant thing like there's a restaurant that my marketing agency worked with and we did a bunch of work with them so now every time we go in there they're like oh the vips the vips are here. Right. let me show you to your table i'll bring you your right. i'll bring you your no charge appetizers and they think it's funny they i think they funny but almost to the point where like oh it's a big shot stuff like that right but I, I think it's it's how we react to those are the big things right i see the same thing now i get with with travel points right like because i travel a lot i accumulate a lot of points you know right. and it's like you know you go to a hotel well thank you for being a platinum member da, 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 da. and they think it's they don't necessarily understand i think at that age what it means to have those business perks perks and then also to your point about pta pta meetings and other community stuff what does it mean to be involved like that and you almost kind of have to balance those things out they need to be able to see it you know it's like if they don't see it and you don't talk about it then it's like you know, why why are you involved in pta if you don't tell them why you're involved with it and you know what your your goal is they're, they're not gonna know all right? right if they see if they see you go to a business and they're treating you differently and they move you to a different seat or something like that or whatever the hell it is like if we don't have those conversations with it they're left to their own to try to figure that one out and their minds will go in all kinds of different places you know they just you know they, they just assume that they get those perks everywhere they go <laughs> it's not exactly exactly Exactly. But so, but look, if we're talking community involvement, we're talking about business perks, it all kind of comes down to just how we lead by example. All right. And open conversation. Look at it, Square. I know we're getting towards the tail end of our conversation today, and I'm confident we could probably go for another another 30 plus minutes. Oh, but, yeah. But man, before I let you go, we've touched on some amazing topics today. And for anybody out there that's watching and listening that would like to connect with you and to maybe just follow along with your journey as well, you know, what's the best way to do so? Um, I'm on LinkedIn, so that's the easiest way to find me. Um, I'm not the largest social media guru, so most of the ways that I connect with people, you know, professionally is through LinkedIn. So, you know, my profile is there. Just, if you just type my name, that's there. Um, and that's pretty much it. So, you know, I, I don't do awesome, all man. of the media platforms or anything like that. I don't have like, you know, my own video channel or anything like that. I get my, um, my best opportunities to do the video channels when I talk to individuals like you and we just, talk about just normal stuff anything and everything man anything and everything well square thank you man so much for taking the time to jam uh with me today this has been a lot of fun you have you have yourself an amazing day you too brother appreciate you we'll talk again thanks for tuning in to the business of parenting podcast with your host jason harris don't want to miss new content be sure to check out the full podcast library at strategywithjason.com to stay in the know Remember to like, comment, and subscribe.
Happy podcasting.